if we want to really scale up and if we want to change something uh, in the in the in the ecosystem we have to think and to be innovative and as for now when i'm speaking with company i i mostly i hear we have money we don't know how to spend it <laughs> it's crazy i think this is like uh, it's insane that we will say that people have more money than they can spend welcome to 20 minute leaders just sit back relax and learn from the leaders of today It's a journey. Each one is different, unique, inspiring. Let's get started. This episode is powered by JVentures, a community-driven VC fund in Silicon Valley, in partnership with Lomitech, and sponsored by Homeward Ventures, Hippo Insurance, Upwest, Hillel at Stanford, Leap, and Birthright Excel. Welcome to another episode of 20 Minute Leaders. I am excited to be joined today by Yotam Tsuker, Head of Business Development at CQ Global, a leading global search firm located in Israel, helping Israeli-based companies expand globally by finding the best talents for their team. Prior to this role, Yotam has founded Tech7, an NGO that promotes the tech and entrepreneurship ecosystem in Be'er Sheva and the south region of Israel. They have managed to build the largest startup community in Israel with over 15,000 members and hundreds of activities in their track record. Today, Yotam is an active chairman of the board, and he holds a BSc in Industrial Engineering from Ben-Gurion University and a GMBA in Innovation and Entrepreneurship from the IDC. Yotam Tsukes. Okay, yes. 20-minute leaders, how are thank you? Thank you, thank you. I'm fine. Thank you for inviting me. Thank you Super so excited. Thank you so much for coming here. We're going to have a great time over these 20 minutes because your own personal journey and understanding intrinsically, you know, what you're about and what really guides you throughout your career through Tech, tech 7, through your work with... By the way, you can tech say Tech Sheva since it's like Ber Sheva, so we are playing with the Sheva. We I'll, can say in English Sheva, it's fine, it's I'll, cool. I'll do Tech huh? Sheva in the Negev, high, building a high-tech ecosystem with also with Ben-Gurion University, but also working on thinking through HR really critically on a global level and looking at the whole ecosystem and figuring out, you know, what, is a, what role does HR play in our ecosystem, the importance of it, yes, no, and we're going to dive into that in a second. But Yotam, take me back a little bit in time. Who, who is Yotam? Talk to me a little bit about your journey. Okay, cool. So uh, as, you, as you mentioned, Bersheva, I moved to Bersheva, I think, in 2012. I moved as a student since that. Uh, I think every, since I was a child, I really wanted to be like part of a community, want to be wanting having fun with people. I think this is one of the, the, the main thing I want to do in life, just having fun with people I love. And Brasheva is a community university. So I moved there in 2012. Uh, I started to study in uh, Bachelor of Industrial Management. Honestly, I didn't really like it and that's the reason why i started my like entrepreneurship journey so i founded a, an organization with, with other friends the name forum 2080 it's like a student organization for industrial engineer and then i really fell in love with the idea of creating something by yourself with people you love to work with even though it's it wasn't like a business it wasn't business related but just the feeling of doing something good and making people uh, follow you This is what really makes and start my journey. So from that, uh, I moved together with uh, other great people from the ecosystem in Beersheba to uh, found a community once in the day. One, one, back, back in the time, it was a community named TechSheba, Tech7. The, the idea was just to, to speak with people, you know, like we are doing now, speak with people, get in, uh, inspiration, uh, drinking beer. And in Beersheba, back in the days, we didn't, didn't have much opportunities like that. The scene of the tech industry just started around 2000, 
2013-2014 with the vision of bringing uh, to the Negev the IDF, the A200, all the technology unit of, the, of, uh, of Israel moving to Be'er Sheva. So we started a community with people from the, the university, with the students, with people from the tech industry, and it just was a snowball. It's people, we really touching something. We really made people to, to, to move. We made them feel connected to something that is bigger than all of us. Uh, so uh, I really was uh, uh, lucky to have good partners like municipality, the government, the university, uh, and my friends from the from uh, from the from Ben Gurion, and what's happened with Tech Sheva? It's really become like my main job. I, I I've done it as a voluntarily as a student. I work at Intel, but then I said to myself, "This is what I want to do. That's my vision. We want to create something big. We want to do something bigger. We want to make Bersheva a leading technology city." So TechSheva today is the leading organization uh, uh, about uh, in creating like ecosystem of innovation, technology, and startup in the south of Israel. Uh, I was the CEO of the organization about three years. Uh, today I'm acting as the, the chairman of the board. We, we just recently uh, added uh, even a new CEO. So hopefully we'll do great stuff for the Negev. And, and from that... We really understood that the, the story of Beersheba is creating an ecosystem from scratch, I would say. Like, think, imagine, imagine to yourself, like, Beersheba was like a desert city, industrial city. Right. People came all over the world uh, before COVID. <laughs> People came all over the world just to, to watch what's going on in Beersheba. How come, how come uh, uh, an ecosystem has created? So it made us flew all over the world, me specifically, and, and like speaking about Bersheva, we, we really become like a thought leadership about how to develop ecosystem in a periphery city. And I really got, found out that there are much more periphery cities in the world than there is New York and Tel Aviv. Right. So people really feel connected yeah. about this story of, okay, we, we are also underdog in our city, in our country. Right. Now, Yotam, wh- where are you from originally, before you moved to for, for university? So I'm, from, I'm from, from around Tel Aviv, like Shoam. From around the center. Yeah. What is it, why does a person come to the Negev for university, studying engineering, Intel, and you take it almost as a life mission now to go and empower the tech ecosystem in the city? I understand your love for a community, but this is beyond just building a community. You're actually taking responsibility for helping empower technology in a less technological place in the Israel ecosystem. So I think we all speak about this, like the white generation, we always want to do big stuff. Right. We want to feel something. I'm speaking on like in a, in a personal interest. What, so what is the interest of spending, spending your life and doing something that is a non-profit organization? And I think the feeling of doing something huge, really huge, it's really hard to get in in, in lots of places and, and what we've done in, in Tech Sheva and, and what I felt, like personally, I felt that I'm something, I'm part of something that is much bigger than myself. And this is something that is really how to duplicate. It's, you can do it in, in like the, the business world, and, but it's harder. And, and I really felt that we are doing something huge and I felt that we are doing something that is is changing the country and it's changing the region and and 
and, and it drives me every day, every day that I woke up. It was, wow, inspiring. I, re- I really wish to come back to this feeling uh, again, like this, the pop. The pub. This is amazing. And you've done, you've done incredible work also, also with Brazil. And we don't have time to get into that. But tell me a little bit about your journey then into this idea of human as a resource, right? You know, people in the tech ecosystem, you're an engineer by profession, yet your passion, it sounds to me like, is people. And you're also diving into that in the HR world. Yeah. So fast forward, I took uh, a change in my career and I, I joined uh, CQ Global. Uh, we are a global recruitment firm mainly helping Israeli startups. So we are, we understand what's going on in the Israeli ecosystem and, and we really like want to, want to be part of a change in the HR world. We spoke about how important is the HR. So as I see, like in the business world, every company, I, I see the three legs that is super relevant finance or let's say funding, they're going to VC or whatever, or either you, you do it by yourself, uh, customer sales, and then the people. So every, most of the CEO will, will definitely agree on, on, on this phrase, right? And you see in the finance, uh, there's, there's a lot happening. You see in the sales, people there are really strong and important inside the organization. And in the HR world, we are still lack uh, of innovation. We are still lack of, uh, of leaders. I'm not saying there are really good people there, but still like the, the perception of the sea level of, of what important in the, in the company and how do they really react? It's, it's something that we, uh, we want to, we want to, we want to see is changing and hopefully uh, we will be part of it as well. So give me, you know, a high level picture and domain about what's happening today. So what, where does HR play into the tech ecosystem today? And where in your mind do we need to be? So just numbers in general, I assume most of you know that. So about 9% of the, of the society in Israel, of the population in Israel work in the tech industry. Uh, we are speaking about 300 uh, something uh, engineers, tech people in, in, the, in the high tech industry. And today, 300,000, sorry, yeah, 300,000. I said 3,000, 300,000, 350 or something like this. And, and today, if you like uh, check on- online, there are about 18,000 18, uh, open positions. Wow. The forecast is that till 2025, we will have 25,000 uh, uh, open positions. So with those 18 probably being filled by 2020. Yeah, it's like, it's something that is going on. It's always like in, in a current moment, there is like 18,000. So. If we want to really scale up and if we want to change something uh, in the in the in the ecosystem, we have to think and to be innovative. And as for now, when I'm speaking with company, I, I mostly I hear we have money, we don't know how to spend it. <laughs> it's crazy. I think wow. this is like uh, it's insane that we will say that people have more money that they can spend. Okay, right. sure, like, and then they can do crazy events and. Uh, but at the end of the day, you need to have, you have money in order to uh, have employees. And, and nowadays, we, we, we don't know what to do. And you can see now uh, lots of titles and, and uh, articles about it, about uh, this being like probably one of the most uh, tough problem and tough mission for the Israeli ecosystem. And I think, even though we are speaking about it nonstop, still we don't see enough innovative uh, uh, innovative thinking out of the uh, out of the box thinking in the hr world uh, and uh, 
just to say what we are doing at CQ, we actually help also to Israeli companies to expand globally. And this is insane that uh, the, Israeli ex, uh, the Israeli startup ecosystem, as today is, uh, uh, is, is really one, uh, I won't say one of the leading, but there are lots of Israeli companies that go in global, right? Right. We have done a research a few, few months ago uh, together with EIT, uh, EIT Hub in Israel, about how many, how many employees employed by Israeli companies in EU countries. Just to, because we are working in this business and we are working a lot with HR, which we just want to understand like the, the impact, the economic impact. And this and is we, in Europe. So in Europe, just in the EU countries, even though just in EU. EU countries, okay? So uh, we are speaking about 24,000 employees employed by Israeli companies. I, I assume, I haven't, I haven't checked, but I, I assume that in the US it's probably double, double the number since most of the companies... Maybe even to, more. Maybe even more. I have no idea since I didn't check it. But I, So as for today, that the, the Israeli companies uh, need, uh, uh, need people. They have money. They, they expand. This is something that all the Israeli companies, all the Israeli startups are expanding globally. I think that we need to understand how to build innovative model, model before lots of companies might be uh, uh, turning and building uh, their teams out of, outside of Israel. Right. So we want to keep the headquarters here, we want to keep the, the economy here. And uh, Now, wh- where are we headed in terms of HR and recruiting, right? So wh- one, of the, one of the things you're mentioning is the struggle that as we, as we expand, you know, we, we, we need different hiring practices, we need, different, we need to upskill you know, the human resources or the way that we do human resources today. This is actually an integral part of the company. This is one of the biggest issues we have right now in the scale-up nation is that we don't have enough people to fill in the positions. And so hiring becomes very, very competitive and requires a lot of innovative thinking. So if, if I will take like an average engineer and I ask him name 10 companies that, you know, 10 startups that, you know, in the Israeli ecosystem. So we probably will go with the... Uh, I won't do a promotion for any companies, but it probably will go with the 10 big companies. At the end of the day, most of the startups ecosystem uh, is uh, with the, like the A stage company, like they raise $10 million, $20 million, $30 or even $50 million, which is a lot. $50 million, like it's a huge company. It's, and, and they are struggling. You know why? Because they are not investing in, 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 in building their brand and building their... They are, they are saying they're doing it, but they can do much more. You know, that, like you can say, you can see in big companies, they are investing, they understand that this is a long process. We are not, don't do something just bam and that's it. <laughs> this is a long process. If you want to build a big company in Israel, you need to invest uh, in, 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 in your employer branding. You need to, to invest in engaging your own employees into this process. You need to build your brand out there. And you need to be innovative and, and think how you, you build your own compet- competitive advantage. Hopefully, we will see soon more cool ideas and innovative ideas in order to help the Israeli ecosystem. By the way, I'm saying to, to entrepreneurs, the HR industry, just in Israel, there's, there's a lot of place to play. Right. Because there, there's lot of, there are a lot of companies, big companies here in Israel. Okay, you are working with Pioneer. It's a Nasdaq company. I want source. It's, they are all Nasdaq company. And then you can go to, to the States. But there are lots of business just in Israel. This is insane. This is, uh, you don't have it in many, in many other sectors. Now, from your perspective, who's, whose responsibility is it within the organization 
to think about this employer branding, the, you know, the, a lot of things that I, that it sounds to me are being put on the responsibility of the HR to recruit, to interview, to convince, to hire. But then you're talking a lot of things that are more about marketing and more about employer branding and thinking critically about the positioning of the company within the ecosystem, which is not necessarily the same skill set that the traditional HR person comes in with. So I think in general, this is like a C-level strategical uh, uh, thinking. So if from day one, you're understanding that it's important to be out there, it's important to be in webinar in LinkedIn, it's important to build a brand as a C-level, you can be CEO or CMO, whatever, but as a C-level, and, and this is your thinking from day one, so all the company, all the culture of the company will build on that. You cannot say, oh, it's important for me, I will bring someone that, uh, like an HR, and he or she will, will be responsible of doing uh, like employer branding, and employer branding or building like your brand out there and understanding it's not just on post on, on, on Facebook. It's something that is much more inherent, and, and you need to, to be... Uh, to have this as, as, as like a primary skill of your company. So it's new, really we're talking about a new category. Yeah. Essentially. Yeah. I, I think that this is something that uh, when you're building like, like entrepreneurs that, that, that hearing us, I'm not saying like, the, like entrepreneurs, they already have lots of, lots of employees, but entrepreneurs that are building their company, the essence of, of what, they, what they will do now as like a five, five, five people uh, company, it, it really reflect on them when they will be 50 uh, employees. So thinking of the journey of your HR, how will, we, how will you recruit people? Will you want them to be uh, all together? Will you want, will you want to do like an, a, a remote hybrid company? Whatever you will decide now as a five employees company, you want to be out there all the time. You want the CEO to, to, to speak in all those events, blah, blah, everything like this. Whatever you will do now when you're small, this is, will definitely reflect on you. So I think for those entrepreneurs out there that are hearing us, understanding that this will be probably the, uh, uh, the most difficult challenge that you will face if you assume that you know, uh, you, you know to build your own product and, and you understand the market, okay? And you probably will find money somewhere here in the Israeli ecosystem, whatever, in the US or Europe. Then understanding from now that the HR, the people, uh, is probably the, the most challenging uh, uh, step in your uh, in your journey, in your company journey, is is definitely something you need to consider. I love it. You know, I have to go back a little bit in time okay. because I have to dissect a little bit. Of, you know, how does one get become so passionate about what you're doing? And I want to understand you better. Take me back to your childhood and what really fascinated you as a kid? You know, what, 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 was, what made you curious? What made you, you know, what kept you up at night? So I, I don't know if it's cool to say because all the time you, you're like, a, like I, was, I was coding since I was eight. <laughs> since I remember myself, I was like the, the, a people person. So I, I, I want to be part of like the gang my friend i want to i want to go out since i remember i said this is what was like in my priority you know so when you have a child you put this as like i don't know to be like a cool i'm not my kuba like to be like the cool the popular the kid, popular yeah. guy uh, and and this is something that thinking of of me as a child that want to be part of something and today i'm thinking i'm taking this to the community to the people uh, uh, to doing like connection between people i kind of understand myself as a child and this is something that i want to express myself i feel like on the on the on the on the couch of uh, the 
That's and the psychology. Yeah. We'll do it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, cool. I only charge two hundred an hour. Yeah. And, and uh, what what you know what fa- what fascinates and inspires you today? As because you're working on a, on a few different things, you're still part of Tech Sheva. You're you, you're working on some other things as well. But what what really what really inspires you in your day today? I I really admire and I love to see entrepreneurs or whatever or like I would say successful people who still stay humbled. You know, like I, I really, when I see like those who, who get the power or get and and forget that we are still the like we are just playing. Okay, we have a short amount of time here. I don't know what's going on and why we are here. And those people, when I see them, and you can you can see the humbleness, the understanding, the simplicity of life, and and and. Those who like understand the simplicity of life and understand that they can do great stuff by themselves, but still understanding like the mixture between the, this chapter. So this, this type of people, which I really admire. And I think for the, for me, this is the inspiration. I love it. And what are three words you use to describe yourself? So I said people person. So I have, I have to say people person, uh, I would say accessible, uh, and vision. I love it. You Tom. Thank you. It was, it was amazing. I loved understanding you know, your passion for community, but also your drive for, for, for changing the community around you, finding your inner peace with the community you're building for a greater good, a greater purpose, but then translating that into understanding that you know, this whole ecosystem is actually built on people. And we're in a crisis right now, and a human resources crisis, which is not just, it's not just the responsibility of the HR people to go and try to recruit and do posts on LinkedIn. It's about the C-level executives that need to understand strategically that it's all about the people, and it's not enough to do it in-house. You have to also do it outside, and you, and you have to do employer branding, and you have to be accessible to those around you so that you, so that you get the right people to your team. And I love the insights. Thank you so much for coming. I really appreciate it. Thank you, Michael. Thank you for the, for the conclusion. It's a great one. 